0: welcome to tower talks with inside towers the wireless infrastructure industries podcast and now for your weekly recap a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways here's your host
1: welcome to inside towers week in review i'm leslie stimson inside towers washington bureau chief with me are john salentano our business editor and jim fryer our managing editor This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Our Q4 issue is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com slash intelligence. So, Jim, I think you're talking about ConcealFab.
2: Yes. Valmont uh, Industries uh, the other day had a, a very interesting announcement that they had signed a definitive agreement to acquire a majority interest in a Colorado-based uh, company called ConcealFab, who provides 5G infrastructure and uh as they say, Passive Intermodulation Mitigation Solutions. That's a mouthful. Um, and uh, Ericsson was also involved in this, curiously enough. Um, and, and they're going to, the, it's a strategic partnership with Ericsson uh, to inquire Concealfab, and that uh, aligns Velma with a provider of 5G infrastructure and, and the aforementioned PIM mitigation solutions. So it's interesting uh, collaboration going on here. Uh, it certainly brings um, Valmont more into the uh, consumer tower industry and uh, gives them a, a bigger foothold in that. The president of infrastructure at Valmont, uh, Aaron Shopper, said that uh, Valmont's advancing their infrastructure portfolio with a greater focus on high growth, high return on invested capital opportunities. and uh, he said he sees the future of infrastructure, especially in the telecommunications space, uh, relying on connectivity, sustainable solutions, and seamless expansion. So um, it, it's basically a, a evidence of um, Valmon, who's always been sort of the, the big tower, the go-to big steel guys, um, you know, thinking, thinking a little smaller and uh, investing along with Ericsson into the, uh, into the, the, the small cell uh, concealed market. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses.
1: So at the FCC meeting uh, this month, uh, the commissioners voted to improve wireless emergency alerts. The system is celebrating its 10th year and the FCC wants to strengthen their effectiveness. Uh, through carrier reporting after each alert. It's similar to the kind of reporting that radio and television stations are required to provide for the emergency alert system. Right now, participation in the WIA system is voluntary. However, last week commissioners voted to approve a notice of proposed rulemaking. It would require carriers to provide public reports to the FCC on the alerts reliability, speed, and accuracy. The wireless emergency alert system is widely used, but not by most emergency management agencies. During the meeting, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr said, an ineffective WEA system is no system at all. If emergency emergency managers cannot count on the system to deliver their messages on time and to the intended area, or if the public loses trust in WIA's reliability, officials and the public will opt out. He pointed out that about 62% of authorized emergency management agencies have never used the system. And Jessica uh, Rosenworcel, the FCC chairwoman said, it's become clear these alerts are no longer strictly aside to the traditional radio and television alert system they are a powerful tool in their own light, in their own right, but there's no standard reporting. Two years ago, the Government Accountability Office recommended that the FCC develop performance measures for WEA, and that's what they're doing. Um, In the NPRM, the Commission seeks comment on how carriers should measure the alert's performance Including whether and how performance reports should include information collected from the consumer's device. Rosenmorsel said proposals were based in part on information collected in the 2021 nationwide test of the WEA and EAS. And John, you're going to talk to us about one of the earnings reports you wrote about this week, right?
0: Leslie, we're talking towers. (laughs)
1: Hopefully, hopefully, even better. We're in. We're
0: in um, yes, uh, American Tower uh, reported its uh, first quarter um, earnings uh, results uh, this week. And we had a uh, uh, we covered that. And, and Jim had a great uh, headline for that issue that um, it, it read American in name, but global in stature. And I think that pretty much captures the essence of where American Tower is these days. The company is, <clears throat> um, uh, reported some uh, significant improvements and and uh, uh, upbeat results for the quarter, and uh, actually upped its outlook for the rest of the year. You know, the American Tower continues to bolster its position as the world's largest independent tower company. Yes, yeah, certainly, China Tower has you know over two million towers, but. Um, at the end of the quarter, American Tower reported over two hundred nineteen thousand towers across five global regions. Um, uh, its its revenues for the quarter were up twenty two percent year over year to two point six billion, and um, you know that included uh, contribution from both towers and its newly acquired um, um, data centers. And, and I can break that down for you, but you, you know. The company is benefiting from um, uh, strong uh, secular uh, trends for mobile data consumption and heavy capex expenditures by its uh, its um, mobile network operator tenants around the world. You know, as they build out new spectrum for five G and and four G in many markets. Um, so, you know, the company is uh, actually built is in a very active build program. It, it it has in its plan for 2022 to build somewhere between six and 7,000 new towers, mainly in Asia, particularly India, and in Africa. Uh, in the quarter, it actually built over 1,400 new towers uh, across its uh, global footprint, but the majority of those, again, were in India and Africa. You know, it's interesting. <clears throat> the company's U.S. and Canada segment um, really accounts for just 20% or about 43,000 towers, but contributes nearly half of its revenues, uh, 1.2 billion for the quarter. Uh, together, the other international segments uh, make up another 46%, and then the data center uh, segment uh, accounts for about 7%. But you know, the company points out that macro towers will continue to be the, the key infrastructure uh, element for long-term um, uh, operator uh, network expansion. Uh, This is particularly true in North America, where it's bolstered its uh, agreements with uh, the major carriers. Uh, T-Mobile is its largest, accounts for about 40% of its revenues, but certainly AT&T and Verizon um, have long-term commitments as well. And then DISH is is a new player uh, as it builds out its network. So... um, uh, you know the company is is looking ahead um, uh, to growth across all its regions. Uh, certainly in Europe, it's it's picked up the pace, having completed its Telus acquisition uh, from uh, Telefonica in 2021, and, and that deal is already paying off. Uh, in the quarter, the company signed a, a long-term agreement with uh, One and One, a new carrier in Germany, to build out a, a greenfield 5G network across uh, across Germany. And certainly the company is eyeing other potential acquisitions in Europe, in particular where um, some of the other carriers, and we've already covered um, Deutsche Telekom, is is planning to, to divest uh, uh, their passive uh, infrastructure assets and, and their tower base. So, you know, uh, American Tower President and CEO Tom Bartlett, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, did a little um, chest thumping here. He said, we're off to a good start in 2022 with organic buildings growth accelerating sequentially in each of our reported markets. And he made the point that macro towers will continue to be critical infrastructure for all the carrier network investments over the next decade. And um, it, it, he says that uh, you know the company believes that its global footprint with distributed communications, uh, both towers and data centers um, uh, positions it well to capture um, emerging uh, uh, technology trends and uh, ultimately driving what uh, they expect will be a prolonged period of, uh, of solid global growth and with attractive returns for um, for its shareholders. So, you know, it's a great story and uh, you know one of our, our real stars in the industry and we continue to follow it, Leslie.
1: Thank you, John. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of the week's news, check out our Saturday edition.
0: Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.